Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Hockey News Action Show uh, presented by BetMGM and McKenny Hockey. I'm Mike Stevens. Sitting across from me is obviously the one, the person I see most of my life now these days. Uh, the one and only Rachel Dory, the future first female GM in NHL history. Rachel, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Honestly, it's f- like it's the weekend. It's kind of warm outside. I feel like I've seen you a bunch, which is good because we're best friends. So yeah, makes I'm sense. good. <laughs> are you are you any different than when I asked you how good you are on camera uh, half an hour ago? <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> mm, okay. Very, very cool. Yeah, it is. You know, the weather's nice. I'm actually I decided to go treat myself to a VIP movie tonight um so that'll be a lot of fun it's just it's just a lo- lovely days here uh we're heading also there's something about super like the head heading into the super bowl weekend that just like the vibes are just really nice everywhere so want to give a shout out to that um what color and, is the gatorade uh, gonna be oh that's a good question i'm gonna go i'm gonna go purple no okay i'm gonna go yellow I'm going yellow i'm going yellow yeah I'm it's always yellow and- okay <laughs> super bowl bets i'm going yellow gatorade over on the anthem oh absolutely it's always over on the anthem oh always over on the anthem do we know who's doing the anthem uh i believe it's chris stapleton i don't know who that is so he's a country guy okay um always always over on the anthem um yeah that's that's what i'm going with um I'm not going to say the Rihanna song that I think she's going to open with because it has a swear word in it and that is your clue uh, so yeah, all right, hockey. <laughs> I'm trying to think of that, and I'll come back to it anyway. Um, yes, hockey. There's a so we're, we're gearing up for Saturday's games. There are 14 on the schedule, um, and a bunch of uh, there are basically a bunch start. I think it was six games start between 12 and one. Um, you know, it, it's going to be a lot. So we condense it down to five very important games uh, that we think are going to matter a lot. Um, and let's uh let, let's rip it off now. Obviously, so, here Rachel, you have a little disclaimer in here that basically says teams are coming back from the from the All Star week. Really risky to bet. Like literally, like Tampa Bay just got beat like seven to one. Like you know, it was five nothing. Yeah. No, but there was five. another. I believe didn't they give up like seven goals or something? Like so it was. Tampa beat Colorado five nothing after mm-hmm. losing to Florida seven one. Exactly. Like, we yes. talk about games being volatile after the All Star and bye weeks. This is what we need. And so, first of all, like on the starts, I'm super happy that the NHL is doing staggered starts. Thank you. We have games at 12, 1230, 1, 336, 7. Like, love that. Please do that more often. But yeah, like you were talking about all-star and bye weeks. Um, there's teams coming back and they're gonna be playing teams that that have already um been playing. And and so naturally there's going to be some level of rust. Um, we've seen volatile results, like we just talked about with Tampa Bay. Um, we've seen like Edmonton lose to Philadelphia. Like there's just a, there are very dangerous games to bet on, especially when you're talking about money line and, uh, over under, like things just seem to kind of get really wacky. So that is kind of the disclaimer here is always like, we need to bet responsibly 
especially with stuff like this where you're in the middle of the season and there are some some volatile results um over time that have accumulated exactly so let's uh let, let's, let's let's just be careful there why don't we hop into it we got a little parlay going on here rachel there's a there are a ton of teams playing on back-to-back situations here um we got winnipeg carolina the kings uh or winnipeg carolina and the kings um what potentially maybe package those into a little parlay action maybe win win a couple dollars and cents yeah so what i went and i looked through and i i okay winnipeg is the better team in their matchup um they're playing chicago um la is the better matchup they're playing pittsburgh or at least like that's a relatively even matchup Mm -hmm. uh carolina is playing the rangers uh and i would say carolina is the better team there winnipeg carolina and la are all rested whereas their opponents chicago the rangers and the penguins are all playing friday night Mm -hmm. um and so they're they're going to be on the second half of a back-to-back um in some cases there is travel involved and so i'm saying we package winnipeg carolina and la money lines on a parlay that mgm hit it up the odds are not um out as of the recording of this but they will be by the time you guys hear it so i will say that's my my little parlay for the day may the odds ever be in your favor um all right Calgary versus Buffalo. Uh, one team doing great, signing a lot of great players. Another team uh, struggling a little bit. Why don't we break that down? Yeah, so Calgary's been playing um, not well. They have one point out of their first two games. And, I mean, they the Rangers-Flames game to come out of the All-Star break was probably one of the best hockey games I've seen this year. Unreal. Yeah. Um, they got a point there because they lost in overtime. And then uh, they did not look very good at all against Detroit. Um, and they lost in regulation. Um, but they were both one-goal games. So they're playing a lot of close games. Buffalo is coming back from All-Star and bye week. And this is why I say it's it's volatile. Um, we don't know if we're getting good or bad Buffalo. We don't know if we're getting high scoring or no scoring at all Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Um same with Calgary. Calgary scored one goal against Detroit, but they scored four goals against New York. Like it's, it's been extremely volatile. Um, the other thing is Calgary's without Rasmus Anderson. Mm. I believe he was hit by a car. Yeah. So in can you absolute, explain that please? Yeah. So, you know, I have tweet notifications on for all the insiders and, and all that. And I'm just sitting, you know, finished a day of work. I'm just, I'm just sitting chilling. I think watching like that 70 show or something. And, and I get a, an alert on my phone that said, that's like a medical update on Ras Sanderson. I'm like, oh, I didn't know he was injured. Uh, this is great. So I, I check well, it. Well, he wasn't. <laughs> he wasn't. He says Ras Sanderson was riding a motorized scooter to dinner around 6 p.m. in Calgary. And he got hit by a car. Um, and somehow is only day to day. He was taken to the hospital. It seems like he's going to be okay. But still, just an incredibly scary situation. Thank God it seems to be that he is He's managed to avoid some serious, uh, I guess, any, any serious injury or serious ailments there. But yes, yeah, so obviously Calgary will be without Rasmus Anderson, but whole like, man, for a reason that is not typical. Exactly. Yeah. So and that's that's really important because I think Mackenzie Weger is a really, really solid defenseman. But Rasmus Anderson has been kind of that power play quarterback. He's been really good for them. Um, and so there's going to be, first of all, I think that there's going to be opportunities here um buffalo is traditionally a high scoring team calgary has been um letting in some goals but they also have shown lately that they can score so i think 
over probably if you can get it at six um is a good spot to take here um just because i expect there to be some offensive fireworks here these are calgary seems to be a team that plays to the team that they are playing against this year mm-hmm. so they played the rangers the rangers can score a lot they scored a lot they're playing detroit detroit doesn't score a lot they don't score a lot well they're playing buffalo and buffalo scores a lot so i think the over in this game is, is probably a good one you also never know what kind of rust um whichever goaltender is playing uh is going to have Absolutely. All right. Let's do some individual uh, shot props here for this game. Starting with Blake Coleman. Yeah. So Blake Coleman's had a bit of an elevated role of late. Um, I really like Blake Coleman. Um, He's his lines at two and a half. I'm looking for him to hit the over on his two and a half shots. Um, He's hit it pretty routinely uh, the past 10 games. Um, He is somebody that gets spot chances on the power play. He is also somebody that is a candidate to get shots on the penalty kill. Um, and he is playing on a line right now that is really winning their five on five battle. And so for me, Blake Coleman's in a great spot um, here against Buffalo, um, as is Tyler Toffoli. Tyler Toffoli is playing on the top line. Um, he is he's playing with two guys who are kind of pass first individuals and he has been shooting the puck a ton. Um, he's on the power play. He is inconsistent, but I think in this spot where I do think there are going to be some power play opportunities he is going to be a guy that Calgary looks to find. Um, and then on the other side of things, Alex Tuck. Um, Calgary traditionally, um, because of their left D, um, has struggled to contain shots from right wingers. And Alex Tuck is one of the fastest players in the National Hockey League. He also is generating a ton of shots lately. So I look for him to hit three or more shots in this game. Very cool, All right, Rachel? Are we di- we're taking the over here. We are taking the over. Over, fantastic. All right, Edmonton and Ottawa. Um, Edmonton obviously coming off a shootout loss to Philadelphia, being a real rough stretch uh, for them. You know, coming out of the All Star break, and specifically for Leon Drysidle. Um, I have him on my fantasy team, and let me just say that the two games he has come out of the All Star break with, he's just been doing cardio. He's got, he's <laughs> had no hit, no points, like no goals, no assists, no points. No shots and no hits in two straight games. That never happens for Leon Dreisaitl. Uh, This seems to be pretty. Uh, this it feel like he's going to be breaking out of this. Yeah, so it's not even just that he hasn't been very good. Um, this is the battle of the league's two best Germans. Mm. Um, Tim Stutzla, Leon Dreisaitl. Um, I think that naturally you get geared up for something like this. You always do. Um, those guys are friends off the ice. Um, and you always get geared up to play your friends. I mean, you look at Vancouver when they played against Bo Horvat and the New York Islanders, like they played really well. Um, and they ended up winning that game. So I would expect that dry is going to be up for this game. He's had, yes, he was at all-star, but I mean, it's unlike dry to have a few bad games in a row. So I'd have to think that uh, this is a great spot for him to kind of break out. And, and when that happens, I mean, both teams score a lot. Like Edmonton traditionally scores four and a half goals a game lately. That's that's a lot of goals. And Ottawa gives up a lot of goals. But Ottawa also scores a lot. And that's because of the pace of play. Um, they These are teams that, that play river hockey, right? They play up and down the rink. Um, as much as DJ Smith and Jay Woodcroft would like defensive structure, it's not a whole lot of that going on. And when you have players like Stutzlub, Dreisaitl, McDavid, Kachuk, to bring at Giroux, like you are going to have 
opportunities to play river hockey. And I think that's probably what we're going to see here. Yeah. You don't normally see um, dry settle have two bad games in a row, let alone, you know, potentially going up on three. So this is uh this is pretty nuts. Um, all right, Rachel, any, any other interesting stuff to take from this game here? Yeah. So what, what I find interesting is Ottawa is super stingy in terms of their, giving up shots from D they don't give up shots from the point at all, but they give up a ton to left wingers. Um, and Evander Kane has become a volume shooter for the Edmonton Oilers. I think he's in a really good spot here um, to hit his number of over three and a half. Um, it is important to point out that these two teams played um, in January and McDavid and Dreisaitl combined for 11 shots. It's a lot. In that game. That's a lot of shots. Um, I believe McDavid had six and Drysaddle had five. So I think you're probably in for, for something similar here. Um, if you can get Drysaddle at two and a half, I would take that all day long. McDavid's usually at about three and a half. I think he's probably going to get that anyways. Um, and because of that, mm-hmm. say lots of shots, come. lots of shots. We got some goalie props. I Ooh. think that if you can get the line at 27 and a half, 28 and a half saves, um, especially for whichever goaltender is playing for Edmonton um, and Ottawa, for that matter, uh, you're probably getting some value there. Like both of these teams, I think, are going to be shooting the puck a lot. Uh, Ottawa's first game out of the break, I think that they might be a little bit fast and loose. And so for me, I'm looking at the goalies. And if you want something fun, mm-hmm. uh, we love fun stuff. You like fun stuff? I do. I did mention it was a battle of the Germans. Mm-hmm. Let's go with a parlay of Stutzla and Dreisaitl to get a point each. Very cool. All right, Tampa Bay and Dallas. And we mentioned Tampa Bay's had a bit of a an up and down, you know, exit of their all star, uh, their all star week. Dallas, on the other hand, they're they're coming in here. Should be a very very good game. This might be the game of the day for me. It might mm-hmm. be the best game, right? You've got a top five team in Tampa. You've got one of the best teams in the West in Dallas. Um, I really enjoyed watching Dallas play this year. So I think this could be the game of the day. Dallas is second in goals against this year. They're very, very good defensively. That goaltender named Jake Ottinger, heard of him? It's pretty good. Very, very cool. I have heard of them, actually. Yes. Yeah, you've um, heard of him. So I would say I'd expect this to be a close game. So whatever team is the underdog here, I'd be taking them at plus one and a half. Um, I do think that this has the potential to go to overtime as well. I think these teams are very evenly matched. And both teams um, are playing in games with five plus goals scored. So if you can find a parlay that is potentially a team um, plus one and a half and Um, over five goals scored usually you parlay those together you get around even odds um i think that there's some value to be played there so these are there are more game bets there now potentially from the back end we got victor hedman could be leading the way shooting wise what uh what would you do with his uh, shooting prop yeah so i i like victor hedman he's a bit of pretty um consistent guy over his career he has been inconsistent this year but he is starting to kind of find that that groove Mm -hmm. again um, he is their primary shooter on D. I do expect that because this is going to be a close game and potentially going to overtime, um, he is somebody that Tampa is going to lean on to get that shot through. So I am taking him over two and a half shots. Very cool. All right. Then we got Florida and Colorado, two teams just desperately clawing their way, uh, hope to stay relevant in, in their respective playoff races. Two teams that had high expectations. One is being felled with injury. The other one is being felled with, uh, I would say just being bad. So, <laughs> you know, so fair enough. 
Yeah, you know, sometimes it's the simplest answer there. Um, uh, uh, because McCar- Kale McCarr obviously uh, uh, missed the game versus Tampa. He, he's likely to miss this game as well due to get- taking an elbow straight to the head that was completely unpunished. Um, so there's great a lot stuff. to really, yeah, great stuff. Love it. Um, seems like the, the DPOS is still on, uh, still on all-star break. Um, what that, that obviously shuffles things up here a lot. Take us through, I guess, to start off with a uh, uh, Florida side. Yeah. So, um, it's a problem, right? Florida hasn't yes. been very good this year. Colorado has managed injury wise. They also haven't really been without Kale McCarr for that long. So that is an issue. Devon Taves has taken his spot on the first power play unit and Samuel Gerard is on the second power play unit. Now Colorado is getting a little bit healthier up front. Valeri Nachushkin has returned. That is excellent news. Um, he was good in the last game against Tampa Bay. Um, to be fair, everybody in Colorado, um, like they, it was, it was a lopsided game. Let's, mm-hmm. let's, call it what it was um pretty much everybody played poorly i didn't think nichushkin i thought he was kind of a lone bright spot for colorado in that game um but they really struggled against tampa and so from a florida perspective um ekblad sam bennett carter verhage um they've been shooting a ton they've been the primary shooters of late ekblad's really picked it up um the increased role on the power play no surprise after he came back from injury that He's really kind of found his groove. Um, Sam Bennett's routinely getting three and four shots on net, if not more. Carter Verhage, the same. Um, if you can get all of those guys to get three shots, uh, I would take that. Carter Verhage at over three and a half, there's not a ton of value there because he's three or four shots. So it could kind of go either way. But I think Sam Bennett at two and a half is a great bet. Ekblad at two and a half is a great bet. And if you could somehow find each of them to get three shots and parlay them together, that's something I would seriously look at. Boom. And then obviously you got, uh, you got Colorado playing lots of high scoring games. Could be a good one. I mean, you always love when there are desperate teams playing each other, right? Like these are two teams that, although we have like 30 games left, these are desperate teams. We're getting to the stretch drive. You know, the trade deadlines less than a month away. Uh, they need to win. This will be a slobber knocker, if you will. Yeah, like I think this could be one of those games where it is really high scoring. If you look at the firepower on both sides, where you've mm-hmm. got like Matthew Kachuk, um, you've got the people we talked about, Bennett, Verhage, but you've also got Sam Reinhart, um, you've got Aaron Eckblad. And then on the Colorado side of things, you've got Miko Rantanen, Valeria Chushkin, that Nathan guy McKinnon. named Nathan McKinnon is Me- pretty good. Yeah. Um, and Florida gives up tons of shots to centers and right wingers. Okay, well. Rantanen and Nichushkin are right wingers and Nathan McKinnon is a center last time I checked. So So, I think that they could be in some good spots once again. I mean, Nathan McKinnon just like shoots the puck all the time. Like the guy averages five shots a game, uh, which is wild to think about. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think, I think they could be in some good spots there. So I'm actually looking at the top end of the lineup for both of these teams. Um, I think that in what could potentially be a high scoring game, we're going to have lots of shots and lots of back and forths. And so I'd be betting on those guys. I would not be betting on a lot of saves, though. Absolutely. All right. And then finally, our last uh, our last game on the slate here is the Devils and the Wild. Dev- the Devils obviously playing without Jack Hughes, who is listed as week to week. That's a huge loss for them. Um, you know, that completely reshapes, you know, how we look at them offensively. Uh, m- meanwhile, Minnesota is flailing. Like you said, here three straight losses. They're outside the playoff picture. We talked, we just talked about desperate teams. These are two desperate teams. Yeah. So 
New Jersey is comfortably in a playoff spot. Like, let's make no mistake about that. But the bus has been driven this year by Jack Hughes and Vitek Vanacek. Like, mm-hmm. that, those guys are driving the bus this year. And so it's interesting to see kind of the trickle-down effect. Um, New Jersey did look pretty good against Seattle. Um, Seattle does have some some injury issues, even though they are a pretty good team. I think that against Minnesota, who is a bit of a faster um, team, they have more um, high-end skill. Like, Seattle doesn't have a Caprizov. They don't have a Matt Boldy. Um, they don't have a Matt Zuccarello. Mm-hmm. And Minnesota does. They have all three of those players, actually. Um, and so Minnesota doesn't have to be as focused on a matchup because Jack Hughes isn't there. So I think there's like some level of trickle down um, effect. And like you said, Minnesota's lost three straight. That's a problem. Like they are on the cusp of the wild card. They're, they're basically on any given day. They're either in wild card two or they're out. It's one of the two. Yeah. Um, they're battling with Colorado for the third spot in the division. So like we talked about just now with Florida, Colorado, it's extremely important that both Minnesota and Colorado are, are winning these games. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that's super interesting though, is New Jersey's kind of fallen off defensively lately. They're giving up more than 30 shots a game in their last 10 games. And in their last five specifically, they're bottom five in the league in terms of shots allowed to every single position. So center, left wing, right wing and defense. They're just giving up a ton lately. I'm not really sure why that is because I mean, at the beginning of the year, you and I were talking about how they don't give up any shots at all, right? They're like 20 a game. And yeah. so that's kind of fallen off. I think that'll start to correct itself. But when you've got a team that's that's reeling, that is desperate like Minnesota is, I think this could potentially continue. And so I'm actually looking at whichever starting goaltender is going to play. I would look for them to have over 28 and a half saves. Yeah. I mean, they have, they're getting John Marino back. He's a big, he was a big loss for them for a while. Uh, very interesting to see. All right, Rachel, left wingers seems to be our good targets for um, the uh, for the Wild. Who potentially should we pick here? Yeah, so when I was going through the data, um, I had noticed that New Jersey in their matchups lately had been giving up a ton of shots to left wingers, and that is probably because the right side of the D. Um, when you have the injuries that you do, like Damon Severson is going to take the bulk of those matchups, um, and then that leaves nobody beneath him. Mm-hmm. And... And Ryan Graves is not the most fleet of foot. Um, Dougie Hamilton obviously is is very He's good. And he can play both sides. Um, but for whatever reason, New Jersey has been giving up a ton of shots to left wingers. And the Wild have two of the best left wingers in the league in Kabril Kaprizov and Matt Boldy. And so for me, I'm looking at both of those guys to go over on their shot props. They are also the two most frequent shooters for the Minnesota Wild. They are who the Wild look for to get their shots in. And so you kind of got that matchup of like really good left wingers versus a team that gives up a lot to left wingers. I think there's a really good unique opportunity here. Um, however, having said that, like I, I do think there's going to be some level of defensive correction here. I don't think New Jersey is giving up 37 shots. I think it's probably going to be closer to like 33 or 34. Um, and so that's, I would look at those two to have a, a big shooting impact here. And then finally, who's picking up the slack from Hughes? Yeah, so I, I feel like it's got to be kind of by committee, right? Jack mm-hmm. Hughes is like he's a really good hockey player. Uh, there's no two ways about that. Um, he's in the heart conversation, and he absolutely should be. Um, but you look at it, Nico Heischer is now the number one center. Um, Nico Heischer is a fantastic hockey player, both both sides of the ice. Jesper Bratt is usually the disher. like He's usually the playmaker to Hughes. He's going to have to shoulder some of that shooting role. 
Um, and Dougie Hamilton from the back end. Um, I believe he had two goals in his last game. So, I mean, hey, the guy can shoot the puck. He's really good at getting it through. Um, I would look for all of those players to have at least three shots on goal. Um, I think Hamilton is going to start shooting a little bit more frequently now because Jack Hughes is no longer there and and he's got a threat from the point. Um, I think Jesper Bratt will continue to distribute, but he is going to have to shoot the puck more. And Nico Heischer is going to be at the net front. And if shots are coming from the point, you are less likely to score from a data perspective. And so I think there are going to be some rebounds available. I would look for him to kind of be there to to have an opportunity to get first crack at that those rebounds. He's really good at the net front. Um, so th- there are some opportunities here uh, from my perspective. Very cool. All right. Well, we've reached the end of the show here, Rachel. Hopefully everyone has gotten some great info on the slate of games that are coming up this weekend. Um, as always, bet responsibly, um, have some fun and uh, enjoy your weekend. Rachel, thanks. Always a pleasure to do this. I will see you next week.